Welcome to episode 22 of Flight Football and Anything Else. I'm Dave. And I'm Mike. How you doing, Dave? Better than most. Not as good as some, sir. How are you? Not too bad. Um, live sports, getting back into the mix, as we'll talk about here in a few minutes. Uh, rainy day, but I did get my grass cut Friday and Saturday, so... I guess in a nutshell, all is right with the world. Yeah. All right. Good. So what uh, what do we got on tap here? As far as uh, – oh, that's my department, isn't it? Well, technically this is – I mean, because next week you're going to be the purchaser of the beers, so it would technically be your week next week. But And this week is actually a joint week because it's yet another donation by a listener. Deb, thank you very much. Thank you, Deb. Um, but for both of us to introduce them at the same time would be a bit awkward. And, yeah. So, anyway, um, did you have some shout-outs? Uh, I thought you were going to introduce the first beer, but, yeah, I have some shout-outs. And it's ironic that you would think – that since we were um, brought up Deb's donation probably four or five weeks ago, all three are from the Carolinas. There's one from North Carolina and a couple from South Carolina that this was done by design. And I'd like to tell our listeners that Dave and I are that savvy, that well-prepared that we do this, but full disclosure our listeners they know us well enough dave they know us they know us. <laughs> but anyway deb's donations tonight ironically enough come on the birthday of faithful listeners her son-in-law josh and her grandson cam happy so, birthday happy josh and cam which i wonder what the percent because obviously they're not the only uh, parent-child, parent-offspring, if you will, in the world that has, shares the same birthday. But you wonder what percentage. Wow, that's you know, a fact it's, check. You, it, it's got to be less than 5%, what you think? Where the, the parent has the same birthday as one of their children? We could do an over-under, and then uh, when we're uh, switching out beers, we can fact check it. All right, I'm going under five percent. I'll go. I'll go five to ten percent. All right, fair enough. Uh, anyway, thanks a lot for the donation, Deb, and happy birthday, Josh and Cam. And I guess I'd be remiss as a father. It's not today, but uh, twenty-four years and one day ago, I became a father. So happy belated birthday, Justin. I know you don't listen to the podcast, but <laughs> hey, happy birthday nonetheless. Happy birthday. Trent, pass it on that. I wish Justin a happy belated birthday on the <laughs> podcast. So anyway, what's our, what's our first one on the docket, Dave? All right. We got the High Pitch Mosaic IPA from High Wire Brewing. It's a IPA dry hopped with mosaic and centennial hops in it. Very hoppy and tropical. And uh, kind of a cool can there. You got a giant hippo with the mouth hanging wide open. Um it's uh, 6.7% ABV, alcohol by volume, with 55 IBUs. 
our untapped crowd had it at a 3.72. All right. Uh, before we crack this, Dave, two quick things. This would be my sister-in-law, Mary Ellen's favorite beer, I'm sure, because she loves hippos so much. Oh, and know. secondly, um, we'll edit this out at the end of the pod if it's not the case, but I'd be remiss if I didn't bring it up. Uh, side note, we're not going to edit shit out. But anyway, I could swear I normally I see a recording light on in the upper corner when we're doing this pod. I don't see it today. So are we just – is this just a dry run or – Nope. I've, I've got the word recording up in the upper left-hand corner. And I, I know and- – I just don't today so like i say we'll edit this part we'll edit that last 10 12 seconds out and our listeners won't be none the wiser but let's crack high pitch mosaic ipa open and give her a whirl dave all righty i'm going out of a pot issued uh it's all bullshit mug for the first sampling, given that it is the uh, daughter of the donating member of the pod. Great minds thinking alike, Mike. Oh, well, there we go. So let's get this party started, Dave. Hey, cheers. Cheers. Oh, you're going to like this. There's yeah, there. That's definitely tropical. I, uh, anybody who's listened to more than one of our pods, I bet you already knows that uh, you've got it a higher rated than than I do. But uh, well, I'm we gonna... a good taste of this. Live sports on the docket, Dave. Who wore it better? Live sports, post, pre, current COVID. NASCAR or UFC, what do you think? Um, well, the UFC, I actually I, I watched um, a bit of that this week. I did not – I meant to – I was catching up on some work. I meant to turn on the, the race on TV, and the TV never made it on. So you're going to have to help me uh, – you're going to have to update me on the race. But uh, UFC, I mean, I'm telling you, they, uh, they got it all together. They seem to have a good system going. Seems Agreed. to be working. Agreed. I thought um, – I know you saw more of – I'm, I'm going to be honest, I didn't see any of Wednesday's fights, but um, I did see the final three fights from last night. Uh, the Ingay-Barosa fight. Um, yeah. The two females, the one from Jamaica and the one from the U.S., and then uh-huh. the Alistair Overeem and Walt Harris fight. And I tell you what, the Inge Barosa fight, yep. those cats got after it. I mean <laughs> I mean that I mean that that was a hell of a fight. And it's amazing that neither one of them because both of them, in my opinion, could have and should have been knocked out at any point in oh. round two or three. Yeah, they each had noodle legs at one point in the – they each got they each got hit. Um, I believe it was uh, – let's say it's Enge, right? I-G-E because it's 50K Enge or yeah. Ige? Enge. Okay. 
Um, but uh, first round, holy smokes, uh, Barbosa tagged him really good. Uh, he fell to the fell to the mat, and then was getting wailed on. And I'm thinking, okay, this one's gonna end early. And he just stuck it out. He he started his defensive moves with his feet. Um, got out of the round in pretty good shape. And then second round did the same thing to Barbosa. Um, and, uh, you know, Barbosa is a, uh, this was in a featherweight. Barbosa has lost, he, he dropped 10 pounds and went down to the featherweights to fight there, but he's a longstanding, um, a feared fighter. Um, right. even in the light. That one, so. At the end, at the end of the fight during his, uh, post-fight presser. I mean, he looked at Dana White and said, hey, I want any and all of them. Bring them. I'm ready for any of them. So, oh, yeah. he, he's, willing, he's willing to fight anybody, and I mean, I think that's a name to follow moving forward, fans or no fans. And then if you go, uh, the fight after that, I tell you what, that woman, uh, I, I forget her name, but... Claudia, Claudia or An Angela Hill is the American. Yeah, it's what she was from Jamaica, right? Jamaica or Brazil? Uh, Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. The one from the, I, I'm going to be honest. The one from Brazil, she scared me. I mean, oh. not, that I, not that I'm some, you know, street thug badass, but I mean, this one from Brazil, that woman from Brazil scared the shit out of me. She was a badass. Well, I mean, she did, they were talking about, I mean, she's, um, the thing she had over Angela Hill was is she's, she is mixed martial arts. She's very good with the, with the boxing part of it. Um, she's a good grappler, but she knows the uh, the jujitsu and the karate and the. You could tell she's very disciplined. Um, you know the wheels were the wheels were turning while she was fighting, waiting for those opportune moments. And when they came, she took advantage of them. And yes, yeah, uh, she did. And and, it, and yeah, so that I mean that was um, a bit of a mismatch. I like to say I I tip my cap to the the American gal but i yeah. mean i i don't think the the outcome of that fight was ever in jeopardy but now fast forward into the main event of the evening um uh alistair, alistair, yeah, alistair overeem he actually has two fewer losses than walt harris does decisions he has alistair right. overeem has 18 losses and walt harris was 13 and 7 going into the fight and yeah. they're roughly the same age i think it's like 39 37 so, yeah and, two and two overeem, or three years apart yeah overeem has fought in four decades well he, yeah he had his 40th birthday last night yeah and it, yeah well did the fight end pre or post birthday because i think 10 was, minutes was, before his birthday okay yeah yeah so um well, yeah, so this is a podcast full of birthdays, so happy birthday, <laughs> Alistair Overy. Um, but uh, Walt yeah. Harris let one piss – he pissed it away. I mean, he had him on the mat beating him, caught him right. by surprise, opened his eyebrow up, for all intents and purposes, dead to rights, and just couldn't finish the deal – and then Overeem, I mean, I, it looked like Walt Harris may have been a tad out of shape. I mean, he, you know, that's I'm not knocking him because this guy would have kicked the shit out of me. I mean, I'm not knocking him, but yeah. he he should have won that fight. I mean, he had Overeem down and out. Overeem's a nearly 40-year-old man, split his eyebrow wide open, had him on his back, throwing shot after shot, and couldn't finish the deal. 
and then Overeem, I think, landed a kick to the midsection, hit him with yep. the punt, got him down. Yep. And then with the no fans, I mean, it was – Oh, my God, you could hear it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was <laughs> – I mean, it, 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 you, I mean that, that was – I think that was the difference. Honestly, that right there was the difference between um, – Alistair Overeem was able to overcome Walt Harris's first-round beating – because he was, you could tell he was he was ripped. He was in way better shape than Walt Harris, um, condition wise. I mean, right. I felt like it. And then exactly. by the second round, when Overeem kind of took all that experience. I mean, he's got forty six wins. Right. Uh, he took that experience and uh, and took advantage of it. And then you know because it was the second round and um, he got uh, Overeem got a takedown on Harris. It was kind of like you could tell Harris was just struggling. Oh yeah, for struggling. sure. And then the what the, the the cool thing I liked about um, UFC with no fans, I mean, you could clearly and, and I'm not saying you can't in a regular pay per view with an arena full of people, but you can clearly hear the referee telling what he's like, Walt, you got to move your hands. You have oh, yeah. to protect protect your ears, protect your ear, move your hand. And then when it became clear to the ref that it's like, hey, he's not moving him fast enough, just taking a beating, that's when he, the, you know, the ref put his arm around, you know, around yeah. uh, Overeem's uh, upper torso and pulled him off and said, okay, that's it. Yeah. But, I mean, it was cool to hear the direction. I mean, the referee's like, hey, you, you move your hand, protect your ear. And telling him what to do as if to say, hey, otherwise I'm stopping this fight. And when he wasn't doing it fast enough, he stopped the fight. So, yep. Um, so, UFC no fans. They started it last Saturday, prior to uh, episode twenty-one, and there were fights Wednesday. I don't think either. I didn't see any Wednesday, and then there were fights mm -hmm. last night prior to right. episode twenty-two, and then NASCAR up got up and running. And as you said, you didn't see much of it. So I'll give you the. Cliff Notes version, and I text you, I had a classic solo hashtag IDGAF moment at the start of the ask. Right. It was funny because Let me they, have started, it. they come out of commercial break, and Jimmy Johnson is like, it's been 71 days since we were last on a track. It's been 71 days since this. It's been 71 days. And it went on for like two and a half minutes. And he ended it by saying, for the next three hours, let us take you away from everything. And, you know, like I said, I, you know, full disclosure to our listeners, as, as, as we always give our listeners, who we love so dearly. Um, though I didn't get a tear in my eye, <laughs> goosebumps galore, because that's just the impact that sports has on people. Right. What, you know, whether you're a baseball fan, football fan, whatever that's that's what sports is that's what sports does and you know a little bit of a tightness in the back of my throat goosebumps i'm like all right and right. that's the positive yeah the negative sure. of, then all of a sudden we go and just did not like the way it went off everybody no matter how far apart they were they got their stupid mask on. And I'll get to that in a second. They got their stupid mask on as if to say, you know what? I'm about to get into a 3,300-pound potential project 
projectile missile that could burst into flames at any minute. But yet I can't stand five feet from somebody without anybody speaking a word because I got to have a mask on because I'm so petrified. It's like, if you're that fucking afraid, how do you get into your race car at 195 miles an hour? Now, okay, the drivers had the drivers had masks. Drivers had the Everybody on pit row had masks. They weren't even near each other. It it was absolutely ridiculous. Now, the asterisk to my rant: maybe NASCAR is saying, "Hey, look, we don't want people to think we're making light of the corona pandemic, and we got to put asses in the seats, and we got to feed the house oh, sure. of NASCAR." So we'll put masks on to sh- let everybody know that we support right. social distancing and whatever. So okay. I'll give him a pass on that front, but it's like, it's like, come on, how, I mean, the, the, each and every one of those drivers had more of a chance of dying right. in the next four hours than they did, even if they got coronavirus. So that, that would, it just sent me over the edge. It's just so dumb because it, it, the conflicting reports, I mean, the mask, there's not even any proof that they work, especially the, the stupid cloth mask. When you see Joe Redneck wearing his stars and bars bandana around his face, it's like, is that really doing you any good? You redneck hillbilly stupid shit. But get out of my face. Take your uh, Doritos eating ass and get out of my face. You're a loser. It just drives me nuts. And, and then they have the, um, the Hootie and the Blowfish guy. Uh, <laughs> I always forget his name. Uh, the black guy, uh, Darius Rucker. Okay. He sings the national anthem. Well, of course, it's off-site because, heaven forbid, he stood in the middle of the infield away from everybody and sang the national anthem. And then they get they got the uh, the guy that gave the, the the father that gave the hey you know Jesus protect these drivers yada 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 the there's a name for it I forget but yeah I'm a pastor. Yeah, yeah, I'm so I'm so fired up. Um, and it's like he's remote. It's like for Christ's sake, you can't even you can't even be live at the event. I mean, it was almost too television. And then once the race started, I mean, it was NASCAR business as usual. There was nobody in the stands anyway, so I mean, you hardly knew it was any different. But right. Uh, anyway, long story short, this point impossible. Three hundred laps later, Kevin Harvick wins. Okay. So. Anyway, in the who did it better, in my opinion, UFC live with no fans, uh, a, oh. a, a ground rule double, and NASCAR a uh, reached, on, reached on base by catcher's interference. Okay. <laughs> so, like, you know – even being an avid golfer like I am, sometimes I have a hard time watching golf because, uh, you know, a lot of times, and I'm sure I know your opinion, you know, it's like watching paint dry. So, um, you know, NASCAR is a little bit of the same for me. So, oh, for sure. you know, um, but that's not the reason I didn't watch any of it. It's just, you know, so, yeah, I mean, for, for, for me, for sure, the UFC, UFC is definitely – action-packed now there are a couple of fights that i that i watched getting up to that uh barbosa fight that were um you know i mean yeah i gotta hand it to them you know they're in the octagon and they're beating the crap out of each other for sure but um you know like the middleweight uh the middleweight fight um that was yeah 
and the Walter, there was a Walter weight and middleweight fights that were kind of like, I would say in terms of UFC, they were kind of snoozers. So. Oh, right. Well, I mean, I think that's going to be the case with any fight. I mean, not all fights are going to be excellent, but, uh, sure. but you they ready, were good. entertaining. You ready to rate the old, uh, high pitch mosaic, mosaic M mosaic IPA from high wire brewery. I am. I like it. Um, good tropical flavor. Like you said, um, great IPA, you know, you got the mosaic and centennial hops in there. Um, so it does have some hoppy bitterness yet you have the, you have the, uh, tropical sweetness in there too with the, with the grapefruit. I'm going to go three. I don't know if I can quite give it a four. I hesitate to give it a four. I'm going to go 3.95. Holy shit. What? All right, well. I you think, think I was going to go higher? Oh, no, 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 hell no. I didn't think it was going to be anywhere near that high. I mean, you you pointed it out. You summed it up brilliantly when you said there's some uh, hoppy bitterness to it because the hoppy bitterness is the only thing that kept it remotely close to the on-tap version for me. Um, I did not like the trop. It, the tropical notes are not the tropical notes that I actually like, but there was just enough of the hoppy bitterness where I will give it into the threes, but nowhere near the untapped version of 3.72. And I will give it a 3.34. One more time on that. The, the sound kind of cut out right when you were saying it. Oh, 3.34. 3.4. Okay. And I don't well, like no, to say you know, it's, o- it's only because of the hoppy bitterness because there is a nice little bitterness to it. Right. And, in, you know, in hindsight, I don't know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to backtrack towards yours, but um, sometimes with these, if I go head-to-head with another one and maybe even by the end of the pot, I'll be like, eh, 3.95 might have been a little high. Um, but definitely, you know, like I said, I couldn't give it a four. Yeah, 3.95 probably, right, like, when uh, – when you lost your virginity and you know, you were rating your sexual experience. I mean, your first time it'll be like, Oh, that was awesome. You know, I mean, even for all four seconds, <laughs> well, <laughs> who am I kidding? Who am I kidding? I didn't last four seconds my first time. Well, that sounds like a personal problem, Mike. Uh, unfortunately, you're right, Dave, but Hey, who cares? Um, anyway, before we get to the second tasting, a uh, little house cleaning from episode 21. In 1995, Alicia Silverstone, who was Cher, Brittany Murphy, Ty, and Paul Rudd, Josh, started a romantic comedy known as Clueless. And I know you're kind of like scratch your head thinking, where the hell are you going with this, Mike? But thanks to uh, Liz, Chuck, and Nick, three faithful listeners of the pod. Um, apparently, <laughs> I thought that Frank Gallagher, Fiona Gallagher, Carl Gallagher, and Lip Gallagher all played in the series Clueless, which 
as anybody who watches the Gallaghers knows they did not play in clueless. They were in shameless. But <laughs> that was in segment three last week. And anyone knows by segment three, you know, flights, football, and anything else is, especially on my end, a total shit show. So until we either A, get a producer who will cut, edit, change, add, delete things, or I stop pre-potting quite as heavily as I typically do <laughs> prior to podcasting, which, by the way, I think we have a better chance of getting a professional editor than me stopping to pre-pod. Um, neither of those are going to happen, so segment three full pause are going to happen, so I apologize. I think I saw the movie Clueless one time, but I was clearly referring to the characters of Shameless as <laughs> fantastic characters, and it's a must-watch seasons one through 10 on Netflix free ad. So, shame. so I must, I must've been doing pretty good during segment three too, because I, I had seen the movie clueless. And at first I'm like, what? I'm like, ah, yeah. Mike knows what he's talking about. You were, you were probably thinking along the lines of, was it over when the Germans <laughs> bought Pearl Harbor? You were probably thinking, ah, forget it. He's rolling. <laughs> uh, anyway, Second item up for bid, courtesy of uh, Grandma Deb. Quite possibly, and I'm almost certain, a pod first. And in fairness, Deb, the cans are identical nearly. Identical. Identical nearly. Nearly, nearly. identical. And when I divvied them up to give to... Dave, I myself didn't even notice. But for our second sampling here on episode 22, 2 2 second, it's all falling into place here, Dave. Um, Dave and I are going to be sampling a separate beer, both of which have 7.5% alcohol contents, and both of which have the infamous. NA for IBUs, but clearly they're rated separately and untapped, and there's a brief, a little bit of a dis difference in the cans. I am going to be sampling Tropical IPA from Coast Brewing, which has an untapped rating of 3.80, while Dave is going to be sampling Thank You Veterans which has an uh, 3.75 rating on, on, on tapped. And All right. I did see one review on the Thanks for Veterans. I, I wonder if mine's going to have more flavor than yours because one of the reviews that I happen to see on Untap for uh, Thank You Veterans is it tastes like beer, nothing more, nothing less. <laughs> so, but it's still got a 3.75 rating. And on tap. So without right. further ado, I mean we may have a new segment to the pod. Who knows? So Maybe. if we do if we do, thanks in advance, Deb. Pouring mine into beer two is going into the not a big deal 
spit and chiclets glass. Mine's going into one of the uh, Shelly special IPA glasses. Here so, we go. Here we go. I mean, maybe it's a misnomer on Untapped, and uh, Raiders are rating the same beer in separate categories, or they're in fact two different beers. So, without further ado, cheers. Cheers. Wow. Now that mine, the citrus pops way more than the high pitch mosaic ale. Really? Mosaic IPA. Oh yeah. And it's very it's almost like a grapefruit juice. Is that what you're getting or are we drinking? Oh no, mine's mine's a straight up IPA. It's so good. We are, drinking, we are drinking different beers then. Yeah, we have to be. Yep. And I'll put it out. I'll put it out on Twitter after the pod. I mean, Deb, you're not even subjected to harassment here because the cans are very, very similar. And when I gave, when I separated the three to three with Dave, I didn't even know. And I um, pre-pod, I text Dave. I said, "Hey, we're going to go high pitch mosaic tropical IPA, and then our third selection." And Dave responded back was with where are you getting tropical IPA from? Right. And he, and he texts a picture of the can. I mean, the cans are nearly identical. They're just different worded. So we're going to put that on the coast brewing company. So yeah, for sure. Anyway, anyway as, as far as tropical beers go, I'm pleasantly surprised, but um, anyway, Dave, I'm going to let you start it off since I typically start off the, on this day. Okay. Um, what do you got right. for us on the stand sport? <clears throat> okay, so I got into something interesting. I'm not a big horse person um, or horse racing, but uh, in 1875 was the first Kentucky Derby, okay, on this day in sports. And then what I also saw was then in 18 – did I say 1875? Yes, you did. Okay, good. So then in 1894 was the 19th Preakness. So I'm like, hmm, that's odd that even they'd be running, you know, same, same date, uh, even that close together. So I was wondering when the Preakness moved over to, you know, or, the, or they switched dates. Uh, and I guess the Preakness actually started before the Kentucky Derby one or two years. And then they switched over right around the seventh year of the Kentucky Derby. Then the Preakness started running on that date. Just a little this day in sports. Uh, the next one I have is in 1959. Sam Snead uh, set the record for 36 holes at 122 strokes. That is 3.89 strokes per hole, folks, for 36 holes. Averaging. You know, he's probably got a couple twos in there, but. Um, a couple twos, probably a couple fives, but uh, average 3.89 for two 18-hole rounds of golf. Now, Sounds like my sex life. <laughs> 60 years later in 2019, obviously they're not playing this year, but in this past year, Brooks Kepka he broke that record. 
I believe by one stroke. So it took 60 years to break Sam Snead's record for our golf fans and listeners out there. Okay, so I'm more like Brooks Captain than that. <laughs> um, what do you got? All right. Um, the first one I got, I'm kind of pissed because uh, ESPN also showed this on this day. And I'm, I'm living, we do do our due diligence on this podcast, which will lead me to something here in a second before we rate our second beer. Um, but I thought of this before I saw it on the scroll. I do do deeper dives than the ESPN scroll. But 37 years ago today, the Islanders swept the Edmonton Oilers for their fourth consecutive. Stanley Cup championship. Uh, more recently, 22 years ago today, May 17, 1998, David Wells tossed a perfecto in beating the Minnesota Twins four to nothing. And now I'm going to go further back than any of the two to a indirect on this day in sports, sports topic, which is near and dear to my heart. Um, 56 years ago today, the first Tim Hortons coffee and donut shop opened in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And obviously that's indirect because that's not really a sports event, but Tim Horton was a NHL hockey player. Right franchise and he died in like uh, the early 70s but now I just want our pod to know that although I have we have blatant errors like Fiona starring in Clueless <laughs> we do do somewhat due diligence to try to get our facts right and the one thing that I'm perplexed on because I, I found this on this date May 17th 1964 on the internet and everybody knows if you see it on the internet. It's got to be true. Exactly. But yet, I also found this, and I checked multiple sources, and it looks by and large like May 17, 1964 was the first date Tim Horton's coffee opened. But yet there's this one rogue site that I stumbled across when I was just verifying that today was, in fact, the anniversary of the first Tim Horton's, where it says, Tim Horton is a Canadian restaurant chain for its coffee, donuts, and connection to Canada's national identity. Its namesake, Toronto Maple Leafs defenseman Tim Horton, 1930 to 1974, so he died at the young age of 44, wow. founded the business with Montreal businessman Jim Sherrod. The first Tim Horton's donate, donate? The first Tim Hortons donut <laughs> franchise opened in Hamilton, Ontario in – that was a piss-poor drum roll – April of 1964. So now wait a second. Did the first franchise open in April of 64, or was it May 17th of May – I found multiple sources that said May 17, 1964, but that one site right there says that they opened it in April of 64. Huh. So, anyway, listeners, 
I guess if you read it on the internet, it's not necessarily always true, but for our purposes, fuck it. Tim Hortons opened on May 17th, 1964, 56 years ago today. So thank you, Tim, because I love your large black iced coffees. I'm not sure if I uh, like my selection as good as Tim's large black iced coffee, but you ready to rate our respective second samplings, Dave? Absolutely. All right. Well, you went first. First, I will go first now. Um, is far, a lot of tropical notes in tropical IPA by Coast Brewing, which typically isn't my cup of tea. I did like it better than the high pitch mosaic IPA, which I rated 3.34. Not quite willing to go the untapped rating of 3.8 for my beer, but I'm going to give it a nice solid 3.62, which is a high rating for as tropical as it was. Right. That surprises me a little bit from you, but that's good. I'm, I'm interested. I, I want to try that at some point. Uh, mine, just like um, they advertised, uh, good IPA, you know, um, pretty standard. Nothing that uh, knocked my socks off, but it would be definitely something that uh, if I saw it on the menu or somebody was, you know, had it out someplace, I would definitely grab one of those. So I'm going to go with a 3.25. Ooh, that's that's uncharacteristically low for you, Dave. Well, it, it there were there wasn't the tropical fruity notes. If listeners of you know, if you've listened to you know a number of the pods, you know I gravitate towards the sweeter, um, you know the flavors in that direction with my palate, um, where you tend to go with the, more of the the hoppy, bitter gut punch kind of um taste so uh like i said i mean if i look at it from a if it's zero to five and 2.5 is middle of the road i consider a 3.25 still better than a middle of the road ipa yeah fair enough yeah i wasn't trying to sway either way i just it, it, it's weird if we were to switch beers my three six two, you may have had a four point three, and your three point two five. I may have had a four because it sounds like you got the beer I liked, and I got the beer you liked. Yeah, I don't know. You would you wouldn't have gone a four on this, I don't think. You probably would have been more right along with the untapped, you know, in that three point six. You probably would have rated it somewhere around the same. All right, well, anyway, without further ado, let's go on to number three. Let's do it. And to uh, Shelly's point, although the hippo is cool, I think Bound by Time from Edmonds Oast Brewing Company has the coolest can. It's a butterfly on a, a, a articulate stopwatch slash grandfather clock face yep. with a butterfly at like 9 p.m. I think the can 
the label on yeah. the, this can is much better than the other two. It, you know, so. Yeah, this so, one makes you stare at it a little bit more. Like, hey, what's yeah, going on it, here? It, it almost makes you feel like you're special or eccentric for drinking this <laughs> beer. So, I mean, it, it is a cool label. It's uh, from, like I said, it's at Edmunds Oast. O-A-S-T, that's Oast, right? Yeah. Edmund Oast Brewing Company, 7% alcohol with 70 IBUs. And this bad boy, unlike the first two, which were 12-ounce cans, this bad boy is the old full pint. That's why I pulled out the, the Shelly special pint glass. I'm going back to the, I only use two glasses. You alternate one, two, three, and I'm back to the uh, it's all bullshit mug, courtesy of Jamie Wendy. What she's currently looking because we're we're getting our swag out of the marketplace, and she's currently looking and probably like Japanese sweatshops where we, we can get these mugs made at the cheapest cost. So. And clearly the worst fucking beer I poured of the three. <laughs> Probably because I one, two, three, four, five, six double IPAs deep and the three samplings of the night. So anyway, with you know, whatever. It is what it is. I mean, hey, this is a beer drinking pod, Dave. I mean, we're not gonna sugarcoat it for anybody. No. Why I'm would we do that? I'm not censoring anything. This has got a um this is going to have some flavor to it because you can't see through it, but it's got a good golden, you know, thick IPA. Um, good notes. Ready? So what up? Before we sample this, you sent out a text to me. Or not you sent out. You, you, you text me earlier in the week. It looks like June 1st. We'll be able to get back the pod back to normal, which right. I, I assume you meant it would be June seventh because we record on Sundays and June first. Sure. But anyway, I don't read the news, so why are you led to believe that? Oh, yeah. I think the I think the governor, uh, the governor's office, said something along the lines of if the numbers keep going in the direction that they're going that uh you know by the end of may there may be you know some uh loosening of the shelter uh in place or the stay at home order you know to groups of uh no more than 10 so i don't know what the numbers have been since that report but we know here in michigan you know they're being cautious about you know flare-ups or, you know, mini waves or whatever the hell they're going to call them. So, you know, we'll keep looking at, we'll, you know, we'll keep watching it, but that was kind of where that came from. And, and you know, me being your uh, conspiracy theorist co-host, let's, let's say that is the case. Let's say she does lift the stay-at-home order on May 28th. And... You know, it is what it is, whatever. So yeah. what do you suppose is different about 
right now, this moment, today. Yeah. May 28th, May 1st, May 6th, June 6th. Yep. It's... I'm a big conspiracy theorist guy, guy Dave. Right, it seems right. like there's some stinks in Denmark. Don't know what that <laughs> means, but I've heard it a lot. I don't know why Denmark is still stinky shed, but, you know. Isn't it's, prostitution legal in Denmark? Or am I thinking of Amsterdam? Well, well never mind. Hey, but it is, it is in Amsterdam, but who knows? Maybe prostitution is legal in Denmark, and that's what would lead to the stinky stuff. Because that's, it, it's just weird. That's like, what is different now? It, it, the whole thing yeah. is, a, you know, okay. Knowledge, that's before the biggest thing. In, before we get into our third tasting, yes. If, I'm already if, into it. I couldn't if, wait. If we go back to episode eight, I think it was like, are you kidding me was what we titled it. Right. And we, we were both flabbergasted that the NCAA – thought about doing March Madness with no fans. Right. And we we're like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? This is crazy. <laughs> so, all right, all right. Well, okay, we misjudged that. Hey, I was wrong. It's not the first time, not the last time. But at some point, and I wish I could play in I, I easily could find it on my phone and, and play the recording, but I don't know how it would come off to the listeners. But Dave Portnoy says it best. It, all you got to do is go to El Presidente or whatever he refers himself as, because the man is a guy. <laughs> and and what he says is just like, you know what? This guy is spot on exactly what I have said all along, which to segue, I'm, you know, a little scatterbrain here before we get to the third tasting. All this shit that we talk about, everybody gloms onto us. We talked about the sports, the the minor oh, yeah. sports, not making it. Scott Van Pelt talked about it the next night. Everything we talk about, fucking people talk about after the fact. We go live Sunday night. And people, I think our listenership is being screwed over on Anchor by like a communist plot. And we don't have 47 listeners. We have 47 million listeners because every topic we talk about on Sunday night, Dave, is worldwide like Monday or Tuesday. You're not we lying. Gotta, we got to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> You're not lying. I think they are. I think they're just they're skimming off of our knowledge. All right. Well, anyway, you said you cheated and went ahead, but let's for our right. like, pretend. Let's go with the old uh, Bound by Time Edmonds Ulse Brewing. Cheers. Cheers. I'm going to let you, your first reaction. Oh. Come on. To, to choose a whiskey's slogan, this is the, this may be the Kessler of IPAs. I mean, it's smooth as silk. There's oh, yeah. Yep. No bitterness, <laughs> not a, no happiness, no fruitiness. And it it's just a smooth. I like it, you know. Right, but it's not so smooth that you don't know it's 
you still know it's an IPA. Oh, for sure. Well, yeah. But yeah, this is uh, this is this is good. This is kind of what I was talking about. The last one was a pretty uh, standard IPA. Um, you know, kind of middle of the road. I couldn't. This this has got some. It, it's weird, and I wish I. You know, eventually you and I are going to get more into knowing about brewing, 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 and you know how it's done so that we know how they do this how you get the 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 deep ipa flavor yet it is this is smooth as silk like you said uh, there's no other way to put it agreed um all right well all right i, I think we've come to the random question portion of the, the podcast dave and uh we have. we have. We have. My random question, Mike, is, um, and I know neither of us have a boat, but this is for the 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 boat lovers we have out there, or people who own a boat. What would you name your boat if you had one? All right. Not a, I'm not a water guy because that is one of my big fears. I, you know, I don't want to drown. Drowning, I think, would be a horrific death. So I have two that come to mind. One would be the oxymoron of what I'm actually doing and the other would be like a tongue-in-cheek play on what I'm doing so the oxymoron I think I would name my boat Land Rover all right <laughs> simply because of meaning I would you know obviously I'm in the water and I would rather be on the land my my uh my, uh, my tongue-in-cheek, much like um, Seinfeld, you know, where the uh, proctologist license was the ass man, <laughs> I would go row the wave. Row the wave? Row the, as in oh. Victor... <laughs> wave <laughs> as opposed to roll versus wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got Come you. Come on now. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Mine would be <sighs> hmm. There's a lot. <laughs> There's one I like. I don't, I don't know, Shelly. I don't know. Before you give yours, what would you what would you recommend that I name my boat versus Land Rover or Roe v. Wave? <laughs> How about yachts all folks? Well no, motherfucker, I gave you two. What one of the two that I gave you would you recommend that I name oh, my oh, boat? Oh, 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 I thought you were saying like if there was something else. My bad. No. No, the the first one. Land Rover? Yeah. All right. 
I can respect that. I like that. All right, go ahead. But now, what are yours? All right, so it's clever, but I don't know if Shelly would let me put it on the back of the boat. Um, and I think it's usually it's usually for female boat owners, but uh, it's B dash yacht hyphen C H B yach. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then um, you know another one I like is uh, <laughs> also not appropriate, but uh, and this is more of a fishing boat one was was the master baiter. M a s t e r, b a i t e r, right? I I vote for that over the first one. Now the now what would probably be the name of the boat would be Bacon in the Sun, B-A-C-O-N. Just because, you know, you're that's pretty much when you use your boat and you're out in the sun. And so that's probably what it would end up being. All right. Enough. Which one do you like best? Of yours? Yeah. Um, masturbator. Anybody, hey, anybody, anybody talks about masturbating, that, hey, that thumbs up for, thumbs up for me. I mean, I got like an eighth grader sense of humor, so masturbator, thumbs up, buddy. <laughs> All right. On that note, <laughs> we'll go to, uh, uh, we'll go to the second random question. And that would be your top three dumbest ways that you've uh, hurt yourself or injured yourself? Well, my, I, I think my number three way, Dave, is going to be, we don't usually do two random questions, so I'm gonna probably hurt my brain thinking of three ways I've hurt myself. So that's gonna be my number three. Okay. My number two <laughs> is, um, flag football at Hoyt Park and my only goal was to play so after the game we could go drinking and have a good time but like on game two, I found out that I was playing against a lot of, hey, I'm the greatest athlete of all fucking time, and I deserve to be in the NFL. What do you, you know, and, you know, and in an attempt to more or less save my life, stepped the wrong way on the pristine field conditions of Hoyt Park, which we all know are NFL <laughs> standard field conditions. Uh huh. I hurt my knee and, you know, like couldn't walk for two weeks. That would be number two. And then my number, my number one stupidest reason, and the reason this is a stupid reason, is because had I only went to fucking class. Like I should have went to class because that's what I was paying to do, and that's what I was supposed to do to get through college. I would have never suffered the injury, and it was 
ah, fuck it. Ain't nothing going on in this Thursday, 10 to 12. I don't even remember what the class was, but it was, it was like <laughs> that time frame, Thursday, 10 to 12. Which Thursday is close to Friday in the college atmosphere, and any college people out there listening know like, well, closer you get to Friday, the sooner you should probably drink. No shit. <laughs> so, you know, we start drinking at 9 30, 10, 10 30 in the morning, and we're playing a softball game. And I go out in the outfield. Somebody hits the ball. I got to be down. I got to be down. I got to be down. I got it. I got it. I got it. And then I hit the rusty snow fence stake. Jabs me right in the stomach. Thought I made the catch, but the ball did pop out of my mitt. So I didn't even fucking catch the ball. And I get up. I look down. And there's like some grizzly shit hanging out. I'm like, oh. Fuck. <laughs> so not only did I skip class, got to tell my parents, hey, I skipped class and hey, I'm going to the hospital. So that is my most embarrassing injury. Uh, okay. My first most embarrassing injury was I was racing across campus at Michigan State on my 10 speed bike uh, right in front of the administration building. And of course, um, late to class. So I'm hauling ass and there's a young co-ed coming towards me on her um, on her Schwinn, you know, that had the big banana seat and the handlebars that go up and, you know, left, right, left, right. Which way are you going? Left, right. Bam. Head on to each other. Right. I go flying over the top of my 10 speed uh, and put my hand down on the pavement to catch my fall as I'm flipping through the air and peeled the skin back off of my, uh, my thumb. And so anyway, long story short on that one, I'm in the back of the ambulance and here I am, a you know, a, a tough nose athlete, whatever, you know, getting attended to with blood dripping all over the place. And the, in the, I mean, she, I don't know if she's a freshman or what, are you okay? Um, so anyway, that was my first, that's my third one. My second one, uh, again, Michigan State, I guess these are all Michigan State related. Uh, you know, I got a phone call that said, uh, you know that psych class you've been in for four weeks? Yeah, well, you've already got credit for it. Uh, you don't need to take that class. Oh, great. You know, how do I get my money back? Oh, you can't. It's four weeks in. So spending the next 12 hours running around campus trying to figure out how to get my money back because they told me to take the class, I did I got so frustrated at one point when I was back in my dorm, I punched my loft and uh, broke two knuckles. Uh, so that was, that was stupid number two. And probably one of the most embarrassing things to do in front of a bunch of people, um, this is when I could actually jump. Um, I saw, um, his last name was Miller. His nickname was Pig Miller. He was a basketball player at Michigan State. I saw him go up in two-hand dunk and then slapped the backboard with his foot. I thought, wow, that's cool. That's kind of cool. So I went up to try it, got the rim with both hands, brought my leg up, 
and I cracked my shin so hard on the, there's a flange on the rim. If you've ever seen a basketball rim, obviously there's the round part, but then on the back of it where it's welded to is a straight, you know, and it, and it gets a little bit bigger as it gets down to the, to the back of the backboard there. Oh my God. And all, I mean, the, the people that were laughing at me cause I was hobbling, barely able to walk off the basketball court while blood was coming out of my shin. I mean, that was, that was stupid number, whatever. Um, you know, on a one to 10 scale, that was, that was an 11 on the dumb scale. So at least most, at least one of the most embarrassing injuring myself in front of a bunch of people. Well, but hey, you live to tell about it on a podcast, so it's not all that bad. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, how do you like this one, Mike? Uh, like it plenty, but to follow protocol, you rate first. True. All right, so. Huh. Great flavor. Um good ipa got it has just enough of the hoppy bitterness just enough you know that you're you're satisfied that you're drinking a good ipa yet it's smooth enough you're you think like you know i could even though it's a pint you know you could end up drinking too many of these so i'm gonna give this one a four i've got to go four just doesn't seem enough but i'm gonna go 4.1 I feel almost pressured because I, too, thoroughly enjoyed Bound by Time from Edmunds Oast Brewing Company. The untapped version was 3.96, the Dave Dawson version, 4.10. So let me, yeah, yeah, excuse me, but I'm going to have one more sip. It is a, it is a exceptionally quality IPA. Is it worthy of a four? All right, like liked it a lot better than the tropical IPA, which is three point six two. So we're going th more than three point six two. On tap, and this is three nine six. I'm glad we're able to see into the working mind of Mike Peters. Yes. Yes, as well you should be. And you know what? I'm going 4.00. I mean. I think that's a good rating. I like it. I mean, it's very solid. Not the best I've ever had, but rock solid. Love to drink this all night long and roll from there. Anything else, Dave? What else you got? I don't have anything else, man. All right. Well, after one more drink, I'm going to be out of beer. And as the late, great Stuart Scott would say, 
you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the heck up out of here. Mm.